I've listened to Kin by Electric Guest since it came out in 2019. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. And welcome to Spin It, the record-ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music. I'm James. With me is Connor. Connor, say hi to the people. Why do I always have to say hi to the people? Well, I already said hi. That's how I start out. Hello, everybody. It's like you'd expect me not to say hi to the people, and so you're, like, commanding me to say hi to the people week after week. Well, there are times that you didn't. I mean, a couple episodes you started in with questions right away, and you didn't greet the people. I eventually got around to it, I'm sure. I would never ignore the people. I'm the people's champion, as I've now dubbed myself. Oh, the champion? of what uh pickled eggs pickled eggs wow that's a throwback <laughs> yeah uh, was that our episode one yeah that was the billy joel episode because we said he does some changes that are jarring and i said you keep the pickles in the jar and you said pickled eggs and i went what brought a full circle from episode one to episode 13 all the way back yeah who are we talking about this week i don't remember you don't remember <laughs> The people's champion right here, folks. We're talking about Electric Guest. It's such a unique name. I I mean, I guess you probably haven't heard of them before now, right? But you should remember it. It's a cool name. Yeah, I've never heard of them. Cool name. Very cool name. Yeah, and we're talking about their third and most recent album called Kin. That we are. And I'm scared I might disappoint you this week. Uh Uh-oh. Why is that? Well, a little foreshadowing. It wasn't my favorite. Ooh, that's okay. I I like when we have differences in some of these albums. It makes for a good episode everyone likes conflict okay remember you said that as we get into this oh no you must really not like it well i'll just leave that right there for now put a pin in it put an electric pin in it what it's not a thing Let's talk about Electric Guest. Asa Tacone is the main vocalist of the band, and he does a lot of the instrumentals and stuff, but he is the one that came up with this band name. And he was talking to an older woman, and she told him that everyone was just an electric guest of the universe. And he really liked that description, so he went with it and said, this is going to be the band name now. So that's where their name came from, some old woman. Did she think we were all androids? I don't know. I mean, I guess we got electrical signals going on in the brain and nerves and stuff, but yeah. feels like a weird weird yeah like of all the th- ways that we could be guests of the universe electricity wasn't the way i would have gone i guess not also if we're all guests of the universe we're all pretty bad guests i mean did any of us bring a gift for the universe you know like dessert or a side of bread what? wait typical Stop. what uh, a, a side of bread you're pickled eggsing me again what are you talking about have you ever brought someone a side of bread as a gift <laughs> If it's like they're inviting you over for dinner, you know, and you're expected to bring something, maybe some bread to munch on while you're sitting around waiting on dinner to be ready. You know? I mean, I guess so. When you explain it like that, it makes a little more sense. But to just say nobody <laughs> brings the universe a side of bread. We're terrible guests. Maybe this universe really wants a side of bread. I don't know. It's carbo loading. <laughs> Bulking up. <laughs> Big bang will really take it out of you. All that expanding. All that expanding <laughs> takes a lot of energy. <laughs> All that expanding. Boo. Boo. Nothing goes better with pickled eggs than a side of bread, all right? What's up? Brought you some pumpernickel. Was in the neighborhood. Thought I'd swing by for dinner. <laughs> Why'd you go with pumpernickel? Banana nuts where it's at. Mwah. It's the objectively the most fun name of bread to say. <laughs> pumpernickel. Yeah, all right. I'll give you that. Anyway, tell me more about the artists. I I derailed you. Speaking of bread, one of the members of the band, his name is Matthew Compton, but his nickname is Cornbread. So he kind of goes by bread. Matthew Cornbread Compton plays the drums. I hate that that segued so well. What a weird nickname. I didn't come across that in my research. It was a good segue. That was better than most of the segues we mean to do. (laughs) I hate that it organically transitioned like that. So he's the drummer, and like we said, Asa Tacone does the vocals and instrumental. Those two are the recording members, but when they go on tour to fill out their live sound, they also add a couple other members. They fill out their roster with Luke Top on the bass, which I thought was ironic because bass is the bottom and he's Luke Top. And Reese Richardson also plays guitar and keyboard for them when they tour. So just a small, mostly a duo act today. Well, that's what they do as a collective act. But apart from the band, Asa Tacone has also found a lot of success by himself. He's worked on Grammy-winning songs both as a co-writer and a co-producer, including Portugal the Man's Feel It Still, and he has an Emmy for helping co-write a certain famous Saturday Night Live sketch about something that's in a 
box. And if you know, you know. If you know, you know. I feel like anyone who was like in middle school or high school during the latter half of the 2000s should know. Yeah, you couldn't miss it. But he co-wrote that. Yeah. You know why he co-wrote that? Or how he ended up co-writing that? I do. You know who his brother is? Yes. His brother is one third of the Lonely Island. That's that's Asa Tacone. Electric Guest, though, has won some awards as a duo as well. In 2012, their debut year, they were one of a dozen of MTV's artists to watch. And they've also won an ASCAP Pop Award. And one of their songs from their album Mondo, their debut record called This Head I Hold, reached number 30 on the U.S. alternative charts. And then Oh Devil, from their second record, peaked at number 45. So they've seen some commercial success, too. Word. Yeah. They're also pretty big internationally. They've had a lot of success touring in France and the United Kingdom. And they've also played a lot of festivals, both there and in Switzerland, Australia, and the United States. They've played South by Southwest, Berlin Fashion Week, and even the Cannes Film Festival. And like we said, this week we're talking about Kin. Their third album came out in 2019. It's electronic, it's funk, it's a little bit of everything in that vein kind of blended together. Because Matthew Compton was a lot of the indie influences. You know, he grew up listening to that kind of music, and that's really his bread and butter. And then Asa Tacone was more influenced by hip-hop and soul music. So Electric Guest, as a project, is where those two genres kind of intersect and it's a really unique sound that they have a very distinct style i think interesting the story leading up to this record is kind of an interesting one their first album mondo came out in 2012 and then there was a long gap in between records they didn't release their second album plural until 2017 and honestly for a lot of people plural was kind of a letdown because mondo was this big success for the fans and stuff and people expected a lot from plural and it didn't quite deliver for most i still like it i still think it's a pretty good record but but generally that wasn't the case. So Kin was really a, a critical bounce back album for them. You know, they really, it was kind of a do or die situation because they were looking to bring back the success they had with Mondo and forget about what went wrong on Plural. It's really their return to form in a lot of ways. Oh, it's a good thing this is the one we're doing then, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, that's why I picked this one. I think I like Plural better personally, but I think it's a harder point of entry for most people. And I'm guessing, you know, you as podcast listeners, this is probably the first you're hearing of the band. And so I thought this would be a better place for everyone that's listening to jump in and maybe give them a shot too. They'd be better than plural. So that's why we're here. And speaking of here, here feels like factor spin time if I'm uh, reading the room correctly. Oh gosh, uh, already? Are we already there? Is it mixtape? Are you ready? Oh, oh gosh, he's scrambling, getting his papers together and eating some bread. <laughs> yeah, he was snacking on a little pumpernickel over in the corner. How one does. Yeah, I know he loves the bread, that mixtaper. He's uh, gonna get this bread because his salary is based off of how badly he beats you. And so he's been losing money. He's actually been having to pay the last few weeks because he's been losing out to you each week. Oh, really? With my winning streaks, he's been having to pay out of his own pocket for his job. That sucks. Yeah, well, you know... He's only here to pay off his student loans. Oh, right, right. The deal is if he does well and defeats you, we help pay down his loans a little bit. And if not, he has to cover it. So yeah, he's been not been too happy. Yeah, I guess. Let's see if this is the week that he can finally make his comeback. I'm hoping that he can. Hey, it's me, the mixtape. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Here to finally get over the hump and defeat you once again. It's been way too long. You've gotten quite good at this game. Uh, I've had my good weeks lately. It's been a minute, though. We'll see if I can shake off the, the rust for this week and get back into it. Well, I'm not going to give you any time to warm up. Let's jump right into it with my first fact. He got kicked out of high school. And by he, I should really say that with a name. Asa Tacone is who I am referring to. Okay, what did he get kicked out of high school for? Just bad academics or did he do something bad? He was just a bad academic and bit of a troubled youth. They kicked him out and sent him to boot camp. Oh, boot camp. Military boot camp? That's the only kind of boot camp I really know of. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it was a boot camp where he could only leave on weekends. How old was he when he got kicked out? Like 16, 17? It was his junior year, so he probably would have been somewhere around 16, 17. I don't know quite when his birthday is. All right, how long was he in boot camp? I don't know that information. I'm going to assume until probably he graduated, right? Yeah. Uh, did it shape him up? Do you know? Did it like actually make a change? It influenced this band. How so? Well, on weekends when he was allowed to actually leave the campus, he would go frequent a local Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. America runs on them. Yeah. Not a sponsor. <laughs> but they could be Dunkin' Donuts if you're listening. We can dunk. Hit us up. 
donuts are a type of bread, right? Okay. <laughs> so it's here where he met the elderly lady who said the quote, an electric guest of the universe that led to the band's name. So he met he met the old lady at a Dunkin' Donuts. Between boot camp weeks. And he she was just a stranger. Yep. Man, this is tricky. I honestly am kind of believing this. Okay, so the fact is that he got kicked out of high school. That's what I'm trying to figure out here. Yep. But I do definitely believe the Dunkin' Donuts part. For some reason, that seems trustworthy. I had some <laughs> old lady in there getting her coffee. Like, I can see it. Listen, the mixtape, I'm evil, but I would never lie about Dunkin' Donuts, would I? Yeah, that's your job. <laughs> I think I'm going to say that this is true. I'm locking in fact. Locking in fact. Well, this is not how I wanted this week to start off. Oh, no. You got this one right. Woo! <laughs> it is indeed a true fact. Kicked out of high school, went to boot camp, got the name for his future band. Interesting. What's his Dunkin' Donuts order? How does he take his coffee? Probably with his hands. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's not exactly what I meant, but I'm just going to leave it there. Dad jokes with the mixtaper. Got to hand it to you on that one. <sighs> All right, you've ruined it. Trust me, didn't have far to fall. What's next? Matthew Compton's great-grandfather invented the stoplight. Whoa, hold on. Like, the stoplight. Like, the one. Uh-huh. I must have stopped at a million of those. Who knew? You should thank Matthew Compton's great-grandfather. I mean, I would. It sounds like he's probably... Or don't if you hate stoplights, I guess. Depends on the day. <laughs> What's the story? How'd he come up with, I guess, the idea? I mean, it seems self-explanatory now, but obviously they needed invented. So what did he do? He was an electrical engineer. And I don't know what specifically led to the invention of the stoplight, just that he's credited with the invention. Huh. Like by himself. He didn't work on a team or anything. No one else is credited. Man, that's cool. Imagine being the dude who invented the stoplight and your great-great-grandson is called Cornbread. Well, what's that look like practically in terms of patents and royalties? Like, does any money still come to the family from that? People are buying stoplights all the time, you know, cities and stuff. Uh, so the first stoplight was invented in 1914 yeah back in the day i don't know how patent law works in terms of like passing a patent on to the family oh true it probably has an expiry. i would assume it would expire or something like that right it was his great-grandfather on his mother's side his name was garrett morgan and he's the only one credited on the patent which is why i think it was just him this is a factor spin fact that i love like this is the caliber of fact that like i have no idea if this is true and if it is true it's flipping awesome like how cool <laughs> i have one more detail for you you probably won't ask about okay what do you got he also helped install the first stoplight and it was installed in cleveland ohio cleveland well, i bet machine gun kelly's used it home of a certain hip-hop music award that always snubs me is that joke still going we're like four episodes away from it listen i'm doing callbacks today i mean I mean, uh, Connor and I are doing callbacks today. Right. Okay, I'm going to go with this fact as being true as well. This is, I, again, another one that I want to be true, so I'm just going to let that wave take me, and I'm going to give this one a green light. It's a fact. Well, you probably should have pumped the brakes on this one, because oh, no. this fact is fun. No, it was yeah, so good. I, got you. I love it when I get you with some spins. I love it when I get you with the spins. It's so much more satisfying. That was such a fun fact. It was, and most of it's true. What you're telling me is it was just some guy? All the stuff about the stoplight is true. Garrett Morgan, 1914, Cleveland, Ohio, all that's true. Garrett Morgan is not his great-great-grandfather. That's on his diabolical. There's, there's like, how would I tie those two people together? <laughs> oh, man. I pulled out the big guns today. Yeah, I just blew <laughs> through that red light. Another wild one for you. Uh-oh. Yeah? What, what do we got? A serial killer helped influence Ace's genre choice. Hmm. Uh, which serial killer are we talking about? Uh, his name is Tom Gefalscht, is how I'm going to choose to pronounce that. Okay. His serial killer nickname was the Californian Death Nurse. Death Nurse? Okay. How did he serially kill people? He was convicted of murdering 28 patients at the hospital he was a nurse at, hence the name Death Nurse. Okay, like Dr. Death. How did this inspire anything about this band? <laughs> In the genre? Like, what? what's the connection here? Well, you mentioned that Asa came from a hip-hop kind of background. Yeah, hip-hop, soul, funk, that kind of stuff. Yeah, hip-hop's where you gotta start, but he began to grow tired of the, quote, BS of the hip-hop world. And while visiting a friend of his who was incarcerated, yeah. He uh, was recognized 
by Tom Gefalscht, and he had an encounter with Tom Gefalscht at the prison while visiting a friend. Okay, so he went to prison. Tom Gefalscht says, I know you, you're that guy from Electric Guest. And then uh, what? What does he like recommend some music to him? Well, this would have been before he was part of Electric Guest, right? Oh, okay. Well, how do he recognize? Because he started in the hip hop world. He had his own hip hop career before he started up with Electric Guest. Oh, okay. He went, you're that rapper. And then he recommended an album to him. <laughs> he didn't recommend an album to him. What, he threatened to kill? What happened? How, what, what happened here? What did he say? He said that his retrial date was coming up and that once he was released, that they should get together and record something. That he was a fan of his music. Okay, and then Asa goes, what? Heck yeah or heck no? Does that cause him to change genres? <laughs> it was a big heck no. He said in an interview that the encounter shook him so much he vowed to leave the genre for good. What? Which is what led him into the kind of soul electric pop world. Okay. Is, is Tom Gefalsch still uh, behind bars? Is he still incarcerated? Uh, yes. He did not win his retrial. <laughs> okay. So what you're saying is there's still time for him to appear on an electric guest cut. Oh, gosh. Uh, electric guest, if you're listening to this, consider reaching back out to Tom Gefalsch and doing a, doing a collab. No, maybe. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. <laughs> Question is, is any of this true? This is insane. There's no way this is true. What? A serial killer that recognized him? Really? There's no way this is true? Almost no way. I never know. I never know. Are you going with spin? What did his friend get locked up for? Let me ask that. Uh, it didn't say in the interview I found. Okay, but my point, like, they're just locking him up in the same level with serial killers. What if he's got to visit at the same time? Like, what are the odds? I'm just saying. You're saying, you, you think it's too coincidental? It's too coincidental and it's too insane. Because for this to make sense, Ace Tacone also has to look at the serial killer and be like, you're that serial killer. I don't want to record songs with you. And then like change genres because of... No, this is fake. Spin. Okay, fine. All right, good. We're locking in spin then. I'm locking in spin. I'm, I'm done thinking about this. Unless it's true and then I'll think about it for the rest of my life. Oh, I want this to be true so badly. But yes, this is spun. This is another All spin. Right. All right. Thank goodness. Uh, but much like the last one, a good chunk of it is true. Which chunk? Everything about Asa is true. Growing tired of the hip hop genre, having an encounter with someone while visiting his incarcerated friend and being so shook he left the genre. All of that is true. The only thing it was is it was just some random inmate who recognized him and not a serial killer. Okay, see, so the odds are way higher that he would cross paths with an, a random inmate than with the serial killer himself. Tom Gefalscht does not exist. I completely made that up. The California death nurse doesn't exist. Why'd you make up the name Gefalscht? Uh, it's German for fake. So his name is Tom Fake. <laughs> I don't speak German very well. well. I was counting on that. If I had taken the bait on that one, I would have been embarrassing. I would have been ashamed. I was really hoping it was another one of those ludicrous ones you just dive headfirst into not today up next asa has a prolific amount of movie and tv credits for compositions i believe this i do i mean they performed at the Cannes film festival so clearly there's some crossover between their music and the film world and he's not only a writer mind you he's also a producer who's worked on some pretty high profile songs what are some of his most notable film credits well he's helped work on the soundtracks for mcgruber snatched love rosie hot rod hot rod hot rod was produced by the lonely island yes it was yeah he also helped write the songs for lady gaga's episode of the simpsons kanye west's episode on the cleveland show and charles bradley and the weekends episodes on american dad pretty hefty credits there you're right that's pretty wide scope i mean i have no reason to disbelieve that yeah i th I'm think i'm locking in fact on that yeah, this is the one I figured you'd get. It was just too interesting to to leave off the table. It is indeed a fact. Yeah. Yeah, so he, like, produced for a Kanye West episode of The Cleveland Show. That's really what drew me in because of the Kanye West connection to this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's rare when Kanye doesn't produce a track, so I'm a little surprised by that. Yep. Huh. You learn something new every week. I know the saying is every day, but you only listen to this podcast every week, so. Unless you listen to it every day, in which case, why? If you listen to this podcast <laughs> every day, we only have, this is our 13th episode you've been listening to a lot of spinning <laughs> listen to each episode seven times you know just once a day until the next episode comes out up next 
Matthew Compton has an elephant named after him. Okay. A lot to unpack right off the bat. I thought I'd save a good one for last. Whose elephant? The Sacramento Zoo's elephant. How did it get named after him? Like, did he win a contest? Did the zoo just like... He absolutely won a contest. Good guess. Oh, wow. Thanks. Well, okay. There aren't very many ways to have an elephant named after you in the year of our Lord 2021. There's really only a few options you have. Yeah, well, that's fair. What was the contest? Did he just enter and get his name drawn? It was a raffle. You could you could like buy tickets. What's the elephant named? Is it named Cornbread? Because that'd be... It absolutely is named Cornbread. Are you sure you don't know this fact already? Okay, no, I, I don't know this fact already. And I'm suspicious of its veracity. Oh. Oh, okay. You're suspicious. Well, yes, because you're telling me this. You're telling me this now. Uh-huh. And earlier in the episode, when I introduced him as Matthew Cornbread Compton, you said, I didn't know his nickname was Cornbread, which means you've either just made this fact up right now, or you did a little Googling in between facts and found this very specific thing very quickly. What do you have to say for yourself? I'm just trying to figure out, because th- I think you're misremembering what I said. I said I didn't know why he was named Cornbread. I didn't say I didn't know he was named Cornbread. Mm. So I, I, I want you to go in with all the correct variables here. That's what I said earlier. We'll have to roll back the tape. We'll have to roll back the tape. Matthew Cornbread Compton plays the drums. What a weird nickname. I didn't come across that in my research. I absolutely said I didn't know why he was named Cornbread. This is going to be the one that bites me in the butt. I'm going to have to say false. I think this is a spin. You're going false. Ooh. I'm going spin. Elephants are cool. This story is cool. And if it's true, congrats to him and to Cornbread, the elephant, not just him. (laughs) Not him again. (laughs) Lock it in false. Lock it in. This fact is... Spun. (laughs) Yay. It is absolutely one I made up right on the spot. Yeah. Completely forgetting. I had said I didn't (laughs) know his nickname was Cornbread earlier. Good. Okay. That makes me feel better. You're trying to (laughs) gaslight me into thinking that you said, I don't know why his name. It's like, I'm pretty sure you didn't, but I don't want to contradict you on record here and be wrong when everyone that listens to the episode could just rewind. Yeah. Yeah. I I hadn't thought that through. It's impressive to me. It it really speaks to your skill as a mixtaper that you could come up with a lie like that right on the spot the only thing i googled was that there actually was a sacramento zoo again just in case you're a zoo expert just in case i know that there's no (laughs) zoo yeah sure a lot of the times when you'd ask a question i'd be like yeah totally that's absolutely what happened exactly yeah see you're trying to butter me up trying to make me think i was getting it right yeah i was and you didn't fall for it so i've lost again another week in a row that's another that's another week where you've only made me miss one i'm just i'm i'm dreading the day that you get them all it's gonna happen i'm getting closer and closer to it every episode well mixtaper i'm sorry to make you pay for your student loans again but you're not getting anything from us this week i had to pick up a part-time job at starbucks well listen it might not be all bad maybe you'll meet an old lady who will give you a, a band name i don't work at dunkin donuts there are old ladies at starbucks too not the same well enjoy your job as a barista on the side it'll give you plenty of time to think of spins for next week well that's factor spin yeah not even a goodbye this week no i'm too defeated to go lick my wounds and eat more bread in the corner just a normal friday night for the mixtaper all right well i'll see you next week goodbye and welcome back to connor everybody say hi once more another week you're victorious yeah i am victorious one more week that's a win for the non-mixtapers the podcast i believe it's time for cover art then yes it is ken's got some unusual cover art i don't like it as well as the cover art on plural but on ken we've got two humans ish i mean they're silhouettes almost and their faces are kind of connected with this red aura that goes between them Uh uh-huh it's a kind of a slick cover honestly it's a pretty clean design i like the contrast of the colors because the figures are black the stripe that connects them is the bright red and then the nose and the eyes and the mouth on the one in the front are bright blue so i think the colors pop really well i thought this was kind of a cool unique cover yeah and i was trying to figure out the symbolism behind it i was trying to read into it and figure out what was going on like what message they were trying to get across and i came up with an idea i don't hate yeah what do you got because i've thought about that a lot with this too well so ken is your family yeah and so i was thinking i was like family and you got the one face that's like all red and then kind of smears over and covers half the other face and then just the like nose eyes and mouth 
mouth, like you said, are blue. Yeah. And the word Ken is blue. So I was like, okay, if Ken means family, would the blue represent family? And it brought me to the saying, you know, blood is thicker than water. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's something there. I couldn't quite put a pin in exactly where I was going with that, but... I like the direction you're headed. It does feel like, I guess, maybe this person in front is separating from their family like the blood that, that ties them together they're starting to pull away from yeah and become their own unique individual so okay so that kind of makes me want to go in a completely different direction okay let's pivot part of me wonders if this is supposed to be symbolic of like one person pulling away from the mold it's almost like the red is a mask and he's pulling that mask off as he steps away to reveal the blue underneath yeah again i don't know where to take it from there or how it relates to the title kin there's tons of ways we could take that but i don't know look at this album cover if you have an idea about it let us know tell us i've really enjoyed reading the comments some interesting trivia and just conversations have popped up yeah that's true community feedback love it why we're doing it so yeah that's the cover let's jump into the album that's right if you haven't listened to this album and you want to check it out by all means go and do so there's a little bit of language if that's the thing that concerns you but if it's not enjoy and have fun let's go ahead and take the pin out of what we pinned before you didn't like this record much did well okay i said that uh and i want to put a i want to put a disclaimer in there or uh, like a clarifier you know right the beginning seems like a good place to do that yeah clarify all your upcoming opinions it had the potential to grow on me this is an album that i think would grow on me and i would come to enjoy some of the songs on it some more than others but from a one listen perspective it just didn't do it for me one listen wasn't enough and i can feel that i can feel that like when i go back and listen to this later like i always do that i may end up actually starting to kind of like a couple of the songs but for the most part just about every song fell a little flat for me off of one listen yeah as i was listening to this album preparing for this podcast and thinking about it in conjunction with a lot of the things you've said about some of the other things we've listened to i feel like this isn't a surprise i could have expected you to come at this one differently well that's good that means while you might still end up being disappointed you won't be surprised (laughs) fair i mean i'm not going to be disappointed with whatever you rank it that's the fun of the show i don't know you were pretty disappointed with dark side of the moon pink floyd is one thing (laughs) electric guest is a whole other i mean but let's talk about dollar according to the band on twitter this song is meant to stand out in a quote-unquote money is everything society they kind of say it's meant to convey the idea that you're of value even if you only have a dollar in your pocket the instrumentals are really what save these songs i think oh absolutely i mean their production some of their instrumentation tactics are super unique when i say that some of these songs have a potential to grow on me it's the instrumentation that's gonna grow on me and cause me to get it stuck in my head and honestly this is one of the songs that does it i hate the falsetto that they're doing on this song i do not enjoy it yeah he starts right in with falsetto and that hardly changes throughout the rest of the album it's pretty much a staple of their sound yeah but this one's just way more harsh i don't know why maybe because it was just the very first introduction i hadn't gotten used to it yet it was jarring maybe that but also this song doesn't have any moments away from it yeah it's in that higher register the whole time some of the other songs held back off for the verse or bridge dollar really doesn't do that but like he goes ooh, and then there's like a pause for a second you can hear the instrumentation in the background doing like this plucky thing i really enjoy what the instrumentation is doing as he starts here yeah that's that funk and the other thing that's interesting too with the falsetto and the the crazy instruments and stuff electric guest really has this tendency to use their voices as instruments you know they do a lot of funky things to their vocals sometimes that give it really unusual qualities yeah whether that's the falsetto sometimes they'll lower their voice a couple octaves just to make it sound less human it kind of adds to the overall aura of the track more than it contributes as a vocal part if that makes any sense it does it's a pretty uplifting song honestly which is kind of unusual for this album i think a lot of these songs are very fun very upbeat but they also tend to tackle some really heavy subjects so it's an interesting balance that they strike between the weight of their subject matter and the just general energy that they put out on their instruments But this song, you know, is pretty uplifting. It's about being okay with yourself and and holding on till better days. You know, all this other bitterness can fade away. Nothing in my pocket, but I'm still okay. And all I really know is how I feel today. It's nice. It's a good way to start a record, I think, thematically. This seems like one of their more popular songs off the album. I mean, it's one of my favorite songs on the record, too, just in general. So I'm not surprised by that. Again, as much as it was a jarring introduction and giving this one the honorable mention. The honorable mention, right? Yeah, that's right. I've heard, yes, of course. 
the honorable mention goes to dollar getting out of the way nice and early okay but yeah it has like 18 million plays on spotify and the next closest is 4 million on the song wow it does not have more plays yeah i just really like that this song is so lofty and airy with the falsetto and stuff but also the piano and the brass sound make it really punchy and it's really grounded it's a very complex balance of sound i think sure sounds like you didn't think that and that's okay (laughs) i noticed that a lot of these songs are kind of self-contained you know like they have the same texture throughout the song if you listen to any 45 second section of dollar you've probably heard about everything the song has to offer but then each song is something different i feel like each song is like that where you could take a small sample and understand the entire song but then every song on the album kind of adds a new dimension to their sound or takes a new angle at it so that was kind of my understanding with this one speaking of other songs the next one is the one that i think has the coolest title yeah the title of the next track is one for me but it's like spelled out with numbers one four and then the word me right number one number four me right at first i thought i was misreading it and it said 14 me yeah same but then i took another look i was like and i was like no there's definitely a space there and then i looked at the lyrics and then the chorus is literally just them saying you're the one for me and so i was like oh it's a very simple song lyrically i think it's just a love song that's the main thrust of it is you're the one for me remember you're the one for me show me how to be together the first verse i thought was a little weaker honestly you got power something special if i never get to show you then my only hope is that you know it that one is somewhere it skirts the line for me between poetry and buffoonery it's not really very poetic but it's not buffoonery you know it just kind of is yeah I, I don't think it's really either it's no work of poetry but i wouldn't really call it buffoonery either i thought this one did a really cool rhythmic bounce thing at the start which like it almost sounds like a digital harp accord and a really funky bass and it just felt really hard to get my bearings in the song the first time i heard it you know you can't really lock into what the rhythm is until i mean a couple measures in it's suddenly really high and low and the sound is kind of all over the place but like then it locks in with the drums and stuff with the strings it all starts to make a little more sense as you go through it but i like that little bit of disorientation like it kept me on my toes at the beginning of the song this is also the probably most catchy chorus for me that might be surprising considering the chorus is pretty much just the phrase you're the one for me over and over and i tend to not like repetitive things especially repetitive phrases that don't add anything to the narrative yeah i know maybe the fact that i didn't care for for the rest of it meant that I was able to enjoy just the funky groove of you're the one for me Papa, you're the one for me you know I don't know it just it was it was nice and catchy I didn't have to think complexly about it right it was just a funky little beat again I think the instrumentation is really helping drive it you're able to just forget about the lyrics for the chorus and just kind of sing along you're the one for me while listening to the funky beat happening that's the vocals becoming the instruments yeah. like that's where what they're singing is just to contribute to the sound more than it is to say anything it's exactly where that is uh and so this song actually makes it in the connor top three. Ooh, this one was one of the ones for you yeah so we go uh honorable mention top three uh for the first two tracks starting strong for an album you claim needs to grow on you well it's not bad this is top three for the album you don't want to know where that would rank compared to all the other top threes i don't care where that would rank compared to the other top threes it's a relative scale <laughs> we'll find out where this album ranks among the other albums that's what i'm curious about for you yeah so this one was your top three the other one was only an honorable mention yeah so did you like one for you more you're really going for the sell on this transition aren't you track three is more and the title is what it's about it's a song about wanting more it is indeed they really like starting songs with a falsetto ooh. it happens more than several times on this record yeah one thing i noticed is that we've heard this sentiment before where he says i'm just waiting on you waiting on me waiting on something to come my way it reminded me a lot of pink floyd waiting for someone or something to show me the way i felt very familiar i was like oh that's cool i thought this was one of their better verses to be honest it's a short one i guess but walking around but there's nothing in my head thought i was highest shelf guess i'm something else i can see now i was misled i prefer the pre-chorus to the chorus oh yeah just waiting on you waiting on me because the chorus is just i want more more i'm almost gone but still keep holding on again the funky beat behind the pre-chorus with the snapping and everything going on i like that yeah also the pre-chorus i don't know it felt familiar i'm fairly certain i've never heard an electric guest song i don't know anyone who listens to their music outside of you you've never played a song for me i don't know why but when they hit that pre-chorus with the waiting on you with this uh, i'm not even gonna try it 
with the snapping and everything. I don't know. It just felt familiar, and I couldn't place why. It feels like a familiar melodic pattern, yeah. Even, I mean, knowing the song and the band, I still think it sounds like something external. I'm not quite sure what. It's definitely a moment where that soul undertone shines more, with the syncopation that's there and stuff. But I do also like it better than the chorus. He gets really up into the stratosphere on some of those falsetto notes. Yeah, and not well. Yeah, well. I mean, he executes it well. It's just... I'm, okay, he executes it well, but it, it shouldn't be there. Get it out of there. Come down. Get off the ladder. Get out of the attic. Come down. Come down. We made a nice pumpernickel bread. It's in the kitchen on the first floor. Yeah, I don't know. This is just another one, too. Again, you really only need to listen through the first chorus, and you've seen all that it has to offer. With the exception of the bridge, I thought the bridge had some really, really good harmonies, and it was just a pretty tight bridge. So many days feel like I'm drowning looking for help but still haven't found it. I don't know. It, it's not much of a bridge, but it's just enough, I think. I've got a complaint about the next song. You got a complaint about 24-7? Yeah. What is it? Well, the song's called 24-7. Yeah. We start the song off at 6-15. What happened to the six hours and 15 minutes before that? It's 24-7. Why didn't we start at midnight and work our way up? Well, it's going to go the whole time anyway. Uh, 24-7 doesn't stop. I mean, every 24-7 convenience store had to open at some point. They didn't all open at midnight. They all open at midnight. Yep, that's exactly how it works. And then they never stop. I was correct that your complaint would be about this first line. I was uh, incorrect on the part. My complaint with this first line is that he says 6.15 on the clock watch. The clock watch is a little redundant, isn't it? <laughs> That's some certified buffoonery. That's what I thought too. Maybe a little bit buffoonery yeah. on the clock watch. You just need that extra syllable, but come up with something else. Maybe he's watching the clock. Some certified buffoonery going on in this song. You heard it here first. But, but yeah, but it took him to all the way till the fourth track. So that's not bad. They go through this whole first verse about how everything is sentimental since the day you came around. It's nice. And then the pre-chorus goes, every night I end up at your door. We talk for hours and I'm sure. I never really know if you're on board, but you should know that I'm yours. And then they give you this little, at the end of some of those lines, a little sneak peek of the chorus. Just a little taste test where they go 24-7 on my mind, just in the background with the very, you know, modulated vocal. And I think that's really smart. I think this is the poster child for the album in terms of using their voice as an instrument yes yeah because that's what the whole chorus is and i don't care for it play around with 24 7 my mind's on you it's it's not for everyone can you please try to do it how they modulate it no it'd be really funny though if you just tried it nope i'll try it if you try it no yeah i didn't care for the chorus uh i didn't care for what they did with their voices on this. It's certainly not for everyone. I think it's just more to establish that groove, to really cement the vibe more than it is to add anything to the lyrical parts of the song. I'm actually kind of second guessing the score in my mind right now as we're talking about this. Oh, sounds like that's in a bad way. Uh, I won't say that if it's going to go up or down or not, but oh, I'm feeling the urge to adjust my score by one number. Oh, given the comments that it's following when you're saying this, not feeling positive, but that's okay. I'll let you... I'll let you do it in your head and explain it at the end. I don't like the second verse as much on this song because I think it kind of undermines the entire point of the song, doesn't it? He says, never thought I wanted to be married. And I know I probably won't, but you've shown me there's a hope. Like that second line, I know I probably won't. He's like, I know I never wanted to get married, but like maybe with you, but also... I don't think so. I feel like that's totally counterintuitive to what the song is trying to say. I feel like they were going for like a, he's not there yet, right? Yeah. Because the third line pulls it back. He's like, I thought I never wanted to be married and I probably still won't. I haven't had this epiphany and changed my mind on that. But the potential's now there. I mean, yeah. For a song where you're professing that your mind is on someone 24-7, saying, I know I probably won't want to be married to you is strikingly non-committal. It just stuck out to me a little bit. But I I do i just in general i like the overall energy of this song yeah this one just didn't do it for me freestyle you know a lot of them started with the falsetto ooh the next track freestyle just starts with a vocal but it's not falsetto at all actually it's kind of in his normal range and i loved it yeah <laughs> if more of this album was like this song I think I would have liked it a lot better. Yeah, honestly, if you're saying that, you might like Plural better than this. Plural definitely has more of this type of song and way less of the falsetto higher. It still has that funky hip hop vibe, but like it's got like this energy to it that the other songs don't have when they're doing all this melodic falsetto instrumental thing. Like this one's, it's got some groove to it. You know, it's like freestyle. When I don't know how, now I'm on my own. Like, it's driving, you it's, know? Yeah, it's driven. That's what I said. That uh, was exactly my note. I really love the energy this song brings forward, and it doesn't 
really lose it anywhere. Even when it's just his voice, even when it's just acapella like that, because they've given his voice such an interesting quality. Just his like low mid-range singing voice. It's got such a razor's edge. Yeah. It's got a real bite to it. They need to use it more. It's good. It is really. I mean. It's underused. Yeah. Uh, Ace of Tacone's got range vocally. Because then when he hits the pre-chorus, he does kind of take it. It gets higher notes, but he still doesn't go into falsetto. He's still singing in that kind of more natural voice, but it's in a, the higher range. And it's very beautiful sounding. When he says, I've been looking for it, and he hits Colin on that higher note. It's very pretty. I like it. Yeah. Oh, it's just good. I think one of the reasons that this song feels so driven, so pulsing, the bass was top notch. And it's one of the only times so far in the record that I was able to pick it out. Yeah. Distinctly. You know, sometimes it was there in the background if you really dug for it. But this one, it was way more present in the foreground. And I liked that. And so the falsetto does pop up on the gotta figure it out this time. Oh, but barely. Yes. This is the appropriate use of it, in my opinion. It's there for stylistic effect and it's not the defining feature of the lyrics. That's true. It's almost more like background singer style falsetto it's there to serve a purpose but it's not overbearing or all-encompassing i like it here it's way more natural sounding too it's way less treated because i mean coming right out of 24 7 you got nothing but squeaky vocal on that one not necessarily squeaky in a bad way but it's vastly different than the the low range stuff we get on this song and the contrast is nice but it really does make you appreciate this song even more so so you liked freestyle a lot i mean you started the first thing you said about the track was i loved it it's in the top three yeah it's in top three that's pretty good yep so this is the second song two and song five spreading them out a little bit with song one being the honorable mention yeah freestyle is really sandwiched hard in between some heavy falsetto tracks because we just talked about 24 7 and track six is i got the money this is the one that edges on maybe too much falsetto for me just a, just a little but i kind of like it yeah this was the biggest disappointment i think this song in particular is just about the farthest that we get from last week when we talked about hank williams i think this one is maybe as close to polar opposite as we got i'd agree with that it just started out so promising you know, the first like 20 seconds of the song when it's all just the instrumentation. Bump, bump bump yeah 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 there's so much empty space it was so promising and then they just come in with first one and i wrote my notes i was just like nope with a bunch of o's really <laughs> i mean verse one was not even super falsetto and stuff i mean he stayed in that lower range it, it wasn't even the falsetto it was just the verse in general just didn't mesh with the beat the way i wanted it to. that's fair the first section was like 80 percent drums it was a lot of drums early on and I almost wanted more instruments. Same. I did too. Uh, and then they doubled down on the mistake when they hit the chorus and they went into what I called the Alvin and the Chipmunk section of the record. <laughs> You're not alone. You're not alone in calling it that. I've seen critics call it that. I myself thought it was like that the first time I listened to it. Yeah. It's Alvin and the Chipmunky, undeniably. I was waiting on Asa Tacoma to be like, Alvin! <laughs> it's strange. Yeah. Like, are they getting ready to do Alvin and the chipmunks like four or five whichever one they're on and this song is gonna be on it i could see that being a thing i mean they wouldn't even need to change it that much i don't know what to think about this one part of me thinks that it's very fun and kind of cool to hear something so absurdly different than anything you'd normally have in the listening rotation stylistically i can give it credit for being unique yeah if we were like comparing songs from like what was a unique sound or a unique whatever this song would probably score way better but i'm like what i enjoy listening to and what i want out of an album when i'm listening to it this one would be a hard pass almost every time wow part of me enjoys that uniqueness of it and then part of me just doesn't like the novelty of it at the same time it's a really weird thing to try and figure out how i feel about it i don't know how i feel about this one i found myself thinking how do you even sit down and write this how do you conceptualize that this is what you want the song to sound like? <laughs> I'm telling you, they watched Alvin the Chipmunks 3 Chipwrecked, and they were like, I've got a song for you. I mean, maybe. I like I Got the Money. It's just lighthearted and fun. I don't know if it's a traditionally, like, what you would call a good song. It doesn't even have a million plays on Spotify, so. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> 
Uh, this song is basic, all right? No. Coincidentally, so is the next song. I was going to say the next song is basic. The only note I have on this song that's at all positive is the interlude. The interlude? Ooh, no, you weren't the one that I thought you were. Well, hang on, you missed the best part of the interlude. Okay. Ooh, no, ha. Yeah. There's a ha that they throw in there on, like, the offbeat or whatever that, like, syncs up with the drum. I really like the hit on the ha. But honestly, the whole interlude, the ooh, no, ha. Yeah. You weren't the one that I thought you were. Like, I, I, I like the interlude. Everything else can take it or leave it. It was kind of just, kind of just exists. Everything else? Oh, wow. I like that there wasn't a lot of falsetto. The chorus, though, felt flat. It didn't really do anything. It was like, basic, whatever. It's basic. Like, the song literally was basic. Yeah, there was no punch. You're right. It doesn't have a punch. I didn't have a lot of notes on this one, but, like, I described this song as having a wobble to it, you know? Wobble interesting yeah just a wobble like a wobble 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 like it's like you're shaking a piece of sheet metal it's like what the instruments sound like fun fact there's an instrument called a thunder sheet that that's literally what it is you shake a piece of sheet metal and it makes thunder sounds well yeah very cool yeah what's more basic than the weather burning every bridge that's basic now that you're alone you want to switch that's basic <laughs> chase until the day you quit that's basic no more second chance for me because you're too basic i'm gonna pull you here and take this at its most simplistic basic level and analyze these lyrics exactly as they come it's just them listing a bunch of things and calling it basic like <laughs> one of your biggest complaints on the stranger was that he said a bunch of things but never actually made any point that's what this song is they're just like hey this thing it's basic hey this other thing also basic he's, like, he's just listing things like no you're <laughs> right verse two he says it's only a reminder you left another mess behind you like he's just saying i just want to make sure that you know that this is how you are i did like the guitar there's a part at the end with a guitar though and i did like that because it's such a rarity on this record really the only parts that you can hear guitar at all much are at the end of this song and then at the beginning of at the beginning of 24 7 a little bit why what's so funny i just realized this is episode 13 right right you know what 13 is known for other than being a super unlucky number sure yeah i just realized you know We've had this bread theme going, and 13's known for being the baker's dozen. What? <laughs> it just feels like a really perfect episode. Talk about bread. For us to get on this weird bread theme. Because it's the baker's dozen episode. <laughs> Yeah, because the Baker's Dozen episode, like, it feels like such a, it's so perfect. <laughs> so stupid. No, it's perfect. That's what it is. Like, it's like fate new. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I just, I, that thought came to me while I was listening to you drone on and on about basic. I really didn't feel like I droned on and on about it. Yeah, well, for someone who really started the song off by saying I only have one positive note, the rest of it all felt like droning on and on. Anyway. I don't know how to bounce back from Baker's Dozen. <laughs> it's time to get out. I know. Yeah, you could get out after that comment. <laughs> you want a refund? No, I'll never get one. This typical tongue, always talking about bread. <laughs> always tasting bread. <laughs> I'm glad that we find ourselves funny. Sorry, audience, if you hate all this. They're going to hate <laughs> all of this. Yeah, if you hadn't guessed, those were the first lyrics in Get Out. You want a refund, but you'll never get one. These typical tongues, how they run. My vibe is all sun. Interesting choice there. It's a shorter song. It's got a really beepy intro. That's what I thought. Yeah, and I really like the beast. <laughs> really? Yeah, I did. I don't know. Again, it was funky. I, I like the funkiness of it. I had a note in here that said, oh, mixing it up. They made the instruments falsetto on this song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it comes in with a very high-pitched instrumental. No, you're right. No, I like the funkiness. And unlike on I Got the Money, that had a nice funky starting beat and then the verse just didn't mesh with it. Yeah. This verse meshed with the funky beat quite well, I felt. It's still kind of a take it or leave it song for me as a whole, but I felt it performed way better than I Got the Money. Yeah, I think Get Out is among my least favorites. Yeah, uh, it, it would definitely be, I think, a bottom third for the album. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's it's okay. It's got good humor, I think. I like this kind of attitude of bravado that they put on it you know get out get out before i knock you out this is my last time calling it's got good humor but i just don't like it the interspersed audio clips really aren't that great they don't add much to the song and they just pulled me out of it this feels like the kind of song you would throw on at a party where there's a big crowd of people just talking and mingling and you're not really even paying attention to the music, but you want something funky in the background, this feels like a kind of song you put on. It does, actually. The bridge doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, there's the squeaky noise. There's this inaudible chant that's happening in the background. And then they say, trying to make a 100 from 10, don't have enough money to spend. Eh, I'm just past it. I'm just done with its energy. Done with its energy in my life. No more for me. 
that was the outro audience so. that's from the, that's from the outro in case you weren't following along i'm just glad this one's a shorter song shortest song on the album rightfully so it can get out but we come off of this kind of pseudo dud into the other connor top three the final one play with me yeah I like this one a lot. The intro to me, it almost had the vibe of a 50s song in the background. Like on a record player, it's really muted and kind of covered up, but I felt like the intro was built on that DNA. The little chromatic walk down that they do. It was nice. This song, honestly, I think can justify why we're doing this one in October because it starts off and it sounds like something you might hear in like a creepy scene of like a, a haunted movie of some sort. Like it's got that chromatic down. It feels like somebody walking down a hallway and like it's all eerie and you know someone's going to jump out of one of the rooms. Yeah. But instead of something scary jumping out of the room this really fun and energetic chorus jumps out at you and surprises you with a why you gotta play with me it just jumps out at you and i was like oh okay it does surprise you it catches you off guard i think is this the first song that started with a chorus yeah that's a nice change i think it's a good shift in pace for the album especially here at track nine you're reaching the end it's good to just give one last little flare before you start working on how you're gonna end it i thought the chorus on this one just very catchy it gets stuck in your head it did for me anyway i have a hard time wrapping my head around how they pulled off the instrumentation mixing with the chorus as well as they did because the entire time that chorus is going that chromatic like do 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 is still just happening in the background like that same sort of creepy sounding chromatic scale stuff is still happening that entire time in the background just doing its own thing but yet it fits so perfect with this why you gotta play with me that's going on you know it's it's very well crafted yeah i don't know how they've managed to put that together but it works and i like it yeah i think if the difference is in the rhythm with the instrument part that's walking up and down and then the longer parts of the chorus why you gotta play with me the interplay between those two different rhythms is really where that's the strongest i feel like if you took it away the song would feel like it's missing something oh absolutely but you don't even register it's there if you're not looking for it like i said you can listen to this whole song and not really pay attention to that still happening in the background yeah that's pretty true very good i applaud them for it. the only other thing that i noticed and made a note on was in the outro i'm like sheesh sheesh call the police i do kind of like the slant rhyme there i know i'm pretty critical of my rhyme schemes especially in rhymes but sheesh and police it's just kind of silly to me i like it <laughs> it is silly yeah i definitely think this is another song that's got good humor but they really lean into it when they do this little the little police going yeah we got a problem down here like they play up that silliness and i think that's why the song works is because it does doesn't try to be what it's not i really like in the annotations for the lyrics there's the part where like when he first comes in it's like talking or whatever and there's the noise they have it in here is brrp and so to me i read it as just them saying burp yeah we got a problem down here burp <laughs> i want to go around and be like burp i no one's gonna <laughs> stop you if you wanted to go around doing that all right maybe i don't want to go around doing that i like the idea of going around doing that but i don't like the practice how do you know you don't like it you've never tried uh you don't know i've never tried <laughs> that needs to be a t-shirt you don't, <laughs> you don't know i've never tried that's pretty funny anyway that's gonna bring us to track 10 birthday i liked birthday at the start i like the cool fake strings so that was a question i had i i wondered if those were fake strings or real strings i'm almost certain that they're fake i mean like you've heard with their voices they can take real things and make them sound however they want but that definitely sounds like fake strings to me i assume they would be it felt very at least electronic yeah, exactly. This one reminded me a lot, a lot of One For Me. I mean, it was the same sound, but with a different flavor. It's got that same kind of pop to it. I agree, but it did it worse. It absolutely does it worse. It doesn't really even break away from that stereotype until after the chorus. And then after the chorus, he kind of gets into the, the I don't wanna. And boy, <laughs> the falsetto comes back in spades on I don't wanna. Yeah, and it's it's something. Ooh, it is. And again, it's contrasted with the lower, more digital vocal chunks that they've just chopped up and thrown underneath it so it's kind of this interesting musical moment but yeah it's definitely back to that dna to that falsetto core that's such a staple of their music there was one line that stuck out to me that i wrote down the line just a dog and i'm your bone yeah i, I kind of like that line because you know what's a dog do with a bone just choose it up you know what i mean you're just this object to be used by the dog who is really just letting you have it well we're already at track 11 we did yeah we're already at the album closer max it out and max it is not a good closer 
No. They could not have ended it on a worse song. Pick any other song on the album and move it to the end, and it would have been a better closer than this song. I don't know. This is just so different than everything else on the album in a lot of ways. Yeah, I don't want different at the end. It's quiet, which I think works to its benefit as an album closer. But, eh, just but, you know? It's very subdued to start, and they never really let the reins off of it. The focus is very clearly on the melody instead of the chords, which is nice, because, you know, so many times they make the chords pop and the melody is equal to them it's nice that it gets its own chance to really shine here i don't know and again this song felt so familiar if i've somehow heard an electric guest song before and just didn't realize it this would be the one i've heard the i'll max it out one time Ooh, i maxed it out one time for you just sounded so familiar when i heard it i don't know why i don't know yeah you're right it does i'm wondering with all of ace's like film credits and stuff like that if this song has popped up somewhere in some sort of media i've seen i i don't know about that like maybe been playing on a radio and a or something like i don't know there's a chance that this song maybe has popped up somewhere i, I doubt that it's popped up but it is just a very listener friendly tune it does what you want it to it goes where you expect it to go honestly i think what kills this one for me is actually the instrumentals which have been what has been saving a lot of the other songs so it starts out with this like knocking banging and then like this piano comes in or whatever instrument that is yeah sounds like it's underwater the whole time they've really turned down all the frequencies yeah it sounds like it's underwater the whole time and it sounds like they're like competing with one another the whole time whereas all the other instrumentation they've kind of done a decent job of at least building one another or staying out of one another's way this one it's like the banging and this underwater piano are having World War III with one another the entire song. The drums, they don't mesh. They're very at odds instead of in harmony. No. It's it's an interesting dynamic, and I think it's ironic that the song Max It Out is probably the least maxed out song on the whole record. It's the most minned in. <laughs> <laughs> minned in. Uh, I guess that would be the opposite of maxed out. In, in. I mean, uh, kind of, in a sense. But that was the last track. That pretty much closes out that part of the podcast. Now it's time to move into the final spin. I really like this record. I don't know whether I like it more because I'm already familiar with Electric Guest's previous work. I don't know whether I like it because it's so unique and stands out among all the other records in my repertoire. It's hard to say. I guess I'm not too sure why I like it so much. But honestly, it's earned a pretty remarkably high score for me. Really? And it's one that is subject to change. And yeah, over time, I might rethink it. But, you know, it's come out two years ago now. I've been listening to it since 2019. And I think it's held. I really don't think it's experienced much of a dip in what I would score it. Music, it's really in the melodies for me, for the score on music. The chords are innovative enough from time to time, but for the most part, I think the chords are really only here to be a canvas for the way that they produce these songs and for the melodies. And, you know, like we talked about, within any given song, they're not too varied, but track to track, that's crazy. Song to song is where the scope of their music really shines, because a lot of these songs sound similar similar because of the way that he sings it but these melodies really stretch all across the board you know all of their influences the soul the funk the hip-hop the indie it's all very present in different quantities in each song so you never quite get the same song twice except one for me and birthday that's the same song twice otherwise it's pretty fun musically it's very upbeat it's very groovable and it's a pretty clear window into who they are as a band like i think it's a proper bounce back after plural that most people would have called more of a dud record so i think overall i mean for again mostly melodies and stuff but i'm giving music a 93 wow music a 93 yeah interesting and i think a lot of that is because i walk away from this album every time something is stuck into my head you know and it's a different song every time too it's not always just dollar that's stuck in my head before we started this podcast i had more on repeat in my brain every song finds some way to weasel its way into my brain you know every song could be an earworm in its own right and i think i can really appreciate that lyrics is a score that i could be swayed on it's hard to say with this album because it's a record that like we've talked about it doesn't take itself too seriously and i commend them for that a lot they really just bounce back in a way that has just enough bite when it needs to i guess sometimes it falls a little flat like with basic but some of these other songs tackle really weighty subjects the feeling of inadequacy 
see this conflict and get out. The feeling of wanting more and feeling dead inside. Like, there's so much that this album tries to talk about. And I don't know. I just think it's pretty clear that they give careful consideration to all of their lyrics and how they'll function as an element of the song. How they'll sound in harmony. How they'll sound when they're distorted and chopped up the way that they do. How they'll work in Alvin and the Chipmunk style. <laughs> you know, they're pretty cognizant of how their lyrics mesh with each song they're trying to play and each story they're trying to tell. I think for striking such a delicate balance between the lighthearted fun music and then being so grounded and anchored in the difficult themes, given lyrics in 88. 88. But again, I could be swayed probably either way on that one. Instruments and production. I mean, this is a no-brainer, right? The instrumentation and production is essential to the backbone and identity, not only of this album, but of the band as a whole. I think the record's really tight and really tricky. Like, they execute a lot of different techniques, a lot of different things that I've never heard anywhere else. And I mean, I think they do it well. There's nowhere on this album where I thought that was poorly produced. There are a couple spots maybe where you question their decisions in why they made something sound the way that they did, but that's their vision for it. And I think that's more of a vibe thing than a production thing. I think everything they tried to do, they did well. I'm giving this a 95 on production and instrumentation. 95. I can actually agree with 95. That feels right. Okay. Wow. Because again, the instrumentation is really what held it all together for me. This oh yeah, absolutely. That's the glue that really congeals the entire record. I mean, if you slip up on instrumentation and production while you're trying to make an album like this, you're going to bomb. Yeah. There's just no way to salvage it. If that's off, everything's off. So let's talk about the last category, the vibe. I mean, vibey is a word that I used to describe this entire album. You know what I mean? Like this whole album has its own unique vibe. It's pretty consistent throughout. I feel like nobody on the planet could make this record besides Electric Guest, which is pretty cool. And that's not always the case. You know, you listen to a Head in the Heart record or you listen to a Casey Musgraves and it's good and they've put their own unique thumbprint on it and stuff but i wouldn't necessarily say that no one else could make a record like that kin is a record that i think is only possible if you're electric guest so i'm giving vibe a 93 i don't know if i vibe with that number you don't vibe with the vibe i don't think i do Okay, fair enough. If we run that number through our math department, and we do, after having three separate members of the math department independently crunch these numbers, I came out to a pretty strong 92.7 on this one. That's so high. I understand. I understand your shock at that. But I think this record is really, really re-listenable. Wait, does that put it above Dua Lipa? You already know that it does. Outrageous! I understand. I'm riding in the streets. No, I understand. Don't riot in the streets yet. <laughs> we still have to finish the show. You can riot in the streets when we're done. Okay, well, that's me. I think we'll probably differ pretty significantly. Before I talk more about my score, mid-episode, I reached out to the art department to see if they could make something for Wait, me. Mid-episode? Are you serious? Uh-huh. They, they had a real great response time, and so... So I just wanted to share with you what they made for me. It'll be on social medias. You'll find it. And then I'll let James describe it to you. <laughs> oh, geez. Go ahead and describe what you're looking at. Well, it's our normal logo, except in the middle of it, there's a, a big loaf of bread. <laughs> a loaf of bread says, spin it. <laughs> on it and it says episode 13 you know the baker's dozen episode and then on the side of it it says you don't know what i haven't tried <laughs> it's atrocious it's amazing is what it is why, do we, why are you doing this uh. so now now that you've seen that glorious piece of art my score I'd just like to reiterate one listen. I do think some of the songs would grow on me, but overall this album just did not do it for me. The instrumentation held it together as best it could. Lyrically, there was nothing special on really any of the songs. There were some dud moments, but nothing too special. A quick review of my top three. One for me, Freestyle and Play With Me, with honorable mention going to Dollar. So I teased earlier that I was thinking about changing my score, and I think I am going to change my score down. Oh, wow. One number from where it was originally going to sit. I figured you might. And I think it's for the better. And I think it's because I was able to objectively separate my thoughts on it from my thoughts on some of the other. Because again, I try not to compare my score to other scores I've given. You know, I kind of just try to let the numbers fall where they fall. Right. But... I can't help but compare it to Dua Lipa and Kanye, my top and bottom. Well, not to mention, it also shares a lot of sonic elements with Dua Lipa, and Ace of Tacone has worked 
on Kanye West music. So, I mean, that's that's a very reasonable comparison to make in both cases. So I originally ranked this at a six because oh. I couldn't stomach the thought of giving something the same score as Kanye. But after talking about it and really breaking it down more objectively throughout the thing, I think it deserves the five. Wow. And uh, I guess before we get into the units, I actually have a follow-up question. Are you disappointed? I anticipate disappointing you with the six, and then I've dropped it to a five. So are you disappointed? Considering you gave it a 92. 2.7. I'm not disappointed. I think a five is maybe a little lower than I expected, but I also did not expect you to like this one. Again, listening to it with all the falsetto and some of the repetitiveness of it, it's pretty much in line with a lot of the things you've complained about in small doses on other albums. So I thought maybe giving you a full force of that would yield an interesting result. And yeah, I was right. I, I did enjoy those songs that I listed for my top three and stuff. I enjoyed them. It's just like they're not going to be able to compete with other songs that we've done on this podcast right it's definitely a record that's not for everybody and i feel like i said that at the top of the episode but i want to reiterate it now not for everybody if you hated it you hated it that's fine you loved it you loved it that's also fine with all that out of the way though my units for this episode can't have a number without units oh yeah units this one's gonna get five sides of pumpernickel out of ten for me Jeez. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Bringing a side of bread for the universe, huh? Yeah, five sides. Eat up, universe. Your pumpernickel's here. Listen, I'm a good guest of the universe. I'm bringing five sides of pumpernickel. You just reminded me how ridiculous (laughs) a side of bread was. I forgot all about that's how we started. But with that, that brings us to a close of the Baker's Dozen episode. Yeah, yeah, it does. Number 13 in the bag. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find anything and everything Spin It related at www.spinitpod.com or on social media at Spin It Pod on Twitter and at Spin It Pod official on Instagram. Give it a like. Give it a follow. Go see the amazing new artwork by the art department. Go see this stupid picture of bread. (laughs) Share the podcast with someone who eats bread this week. If you know someone who eats bread tell them about this podcast for everyone listening to this tell us your favorite kind of bread i want to know i like that i like that challenge tell us your favorite type of bread coming up we're two episodes away from episode 15 we're gonna do a spin it singles episode so if there's a specific song maybe a one-hit wonder or just a song you really really enjoy that you want us to listen to and talk about leave that comment as well go fill out the google form on the website and it might pop up in that episode yes that's very true And do it quickly because there's not a ton of time. Yeah. But just to let you know, that's coming up. And we would love to love what you love. Is that a catchy slogan? Anyway, it's October. We're trying to pick October-themed bands and albums a little bit. Do we have a little tease for the next episode? All I can say is if you're an orange gourd-like vegetable, you're probably not best friends with the next band. Anyway, you'll have to wait six more days to hear about that one. So just... Sit tight. Anyway, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Keep spinning. Keep spinning. You can give me a slice of bread. If you make one more bread joke, you're toast. <laughs>